Once upon a time, a small town boy from the south traveled across the ocean to the island of love called Cyprus. He grew into a fine young man on a mission to preach the gospel to the whole world. Then, one day, when he least expected it, he met a Polish girl. Risking it all, he asked her out on a church date. It didn't take long before they fell in love and lived happily ever after. Hold on, I missed the best part. They had a son, later diagnosed with autism, which changed everything. Then two years later, they welcomed a little girl with a heart of gold and a will of iron. They were missionaries and autism parents trying to keep the faith in sanity. Each week, they'll share their journey of love, faith, hope, special needs parenting, and everything else in between. Here is The Preacher and the Polish Girl. Christmas. Are you in? Or out? Today we're going to cover Christmas traditions, including our own. Is Christmas about presents or presents? Or pierogi. As a side dish, the conflict that this season can bring to some Christian communities. As well as potential stress for individuals on the autism spectrum and their families. So Christmas changed forever for me and for my family after we met. Mm-hmm. Cultural fusion. Do you remember how you introduced the Polish traditions to to me and the family? Yeah, 2005. Right after we got married, it was my first solo preparation of traditional 12 dishes, because that's the Polish tradition. You have to make 12 different dishes representing 12 apostles. And we invited mom and dad, and your sister was in Cyprus. I remember that the one year you did a whole write-up. You made those menus, and you put like three or four pages of all the Polish traditions, which was pretty cool. I'm just going to read the first two paragraphs. It must have taken you ages to put all this together. I'm going to include that in our story on Instagram and Facebook so people can see as well. So this beautiful little menu coupled with all these other elements um, starts off, it says, a few words about Polish tradition Christmas Eve. Wigilia. Exactly. Wesołych Świąt Bożego Narodzenia. Whoa. <laughs> That is the way to say Merry Christmas in Polish. Among Poles, wherever they are, the most beloved and beautiful of all traditional festivities is that of Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. It's then that... Vigilia. You wrote all this. It's amazing. Yes. Or Christmas Eve dinner is served. It is a solemnly celebrated occasion. Yeah, right. Yes, it is. Not in our house. <laughs> and arouses deep feelings of kinship among family members. That's true. For days in advance, Poles prepared the traditional foods. You know that firsthand? I do, but especially those last 24 hours, I know not to come into the kitchen. Yes. Especially when you are making pierogies. I speak a lot of Polish then, and you yes. don't know what I'm talking about. I'm glad. <laughs> Poles prepared the traditional foods, and everyone anxiously awaits the moment when the first star known as... Gwiazdka. ...appears in the eastern sky. For that is the feast to commemorate the birth of the Christ child. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It yep. goes on for a lot, but maybe you could explain some of those highlights. Well, do you remember? We always have a poatek, which is the wafer mm-hmm. that represents the body of Christ. And we break the bread 
before we begin feasting. Of course, the first star appears, we break the bread, we wish each other all the best wishes. And if you have any animosity with your loved ones that are there around the table, you say sorry, you try to reconcile because it's the wonderful, joyous time. We also put hay under the tablecloth, which you were very shocked. Yeah. The first few times, like, what is that? It was like, hey. Yeah, it's a hay. You see what I did there? Yeah, yeah, I see. <laughs> yes. Well, I love that. The main reason I love it is because Poland seems to really keep the true meaning of Christmas. All the Christmas carols are about Christ. And even it's not about Santa or reindeers or snowmen. It's really Christ-centered. And I think American Christians want our Christmas to be that way. Mm -hmm. But we all know that it's gotten away from from that. So Mm -hmm. I think we can learn a lot from the Polish and probably other Central and Eastern European countries. They seem to really keep the the pureness of the the holiday. Yeah. What are some of the other things we did? I know it was the starts off with the wafer Uh and then you put the hay under the tablecloth. Mm Because it represents the manger. Right. Jesus didn't have even a warm bed Mm -hmm. to be put in. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead in the traditions, but probably my favorite, Mm -hmm. other than the food itself, as far as a tradition, is that you keep that empty seat at the table. Yes. I find that so noble because it's not just a tradition. I think it's something that really needs to be applied. Because in the old days, every household would have an empty seat for the wandering traveler and uh, we believe that it could be jesus himself entertaining us unaware right so that's where the tradition came from so you yes. always have the empty chair and it's not necessarily for a, a family member that's not been invited <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, no, we, no, no. no. <laughs> it's it's for strangers yes so basically if a random family member shows up you weren't invited slam the yep. door no no I think you would, they would still, you would be still make an exception yes. yeah but that is just a little bit about the the Polish Christmas, and of course we do that on Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve is what we call a very Polish Christmas. And then Christmas Day, I think, is probably more what we're familiar with here in the U.S. It's mm-hmm. when we open our presents. Mm-hmm. And again, Polish Christmas tradition is that we, well, the real tradition, old tradition, is that Christmas Eve, children help to dress up Christmas tree mm-hmm. with all the men in the house because the men go get the tree and children decorate the tree while the women are cooking preparing all the delicious meals for christmas eve dinner so the christmas tree is not put up in september or october like in some parts of this country so you're not going to lowe's or home depot to buy your tree (laughs) well probably nowadays they do but yeah tradition says you put up Christmas tree on Christmas Eve and you take it down on January the 6th, which represents the three wise men. And when did you put your tree up this year? <laughs> it was after Thanksgiving, okay? It was at so least after Thanksgiving. Good. It's okay. And, and we did it for our boy. Yes. Who is now obsessed about Christmas. And so we don't just open presents on Christmas Day. We've, we've been blessed to have my parents with us pretty much every Christmas day since we met, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is kind of amazing. But mom makes us a big kind of traditional American Christmas. Mm. Eggs, all the meats, uh, sometimes pancakes, hash browns, all the trimmings. And then we usually have kind of a traditional, more Western meal in the the afternoon. That's my experience. And a lot of of sweets, of course. Delicious, yes. So we, we love Christmas. 
Yeah. It means a lot to us. And we sing Christmas carols. We invite friends and family to come over as well. It's it's just a special time. And since our journey for healing with Michael started, yeah. uh, you have made it your mission to make sure that all those treats are organic and as organic as possible. Yes, as yes, organic as, as possible. Healthy as possible. And have you noticed that we don't suffer, you know, with indigestion and everything else since we started converting into as natural organic as possible? The carb coma is not <laughs> quite as severe as it has been, yes, traditionally. Yes. yes. So I am very that that's one of the great blessings, one of the great outcomes of, of Michael's healing journey is that you have become this great natural healing kind of pusher. Yes. <laughs> so that's affected the supplements we buy. It affects the food we eat. Yes. And so that helps everybody. And it hasn't taken away any pleasure of, of eating. In fact, it's improved it, in my opinion. Let's talk about Christmas and autism, because it hasn't always been so rosy for us. Well, pictures tell a different story. Right, we always uh, we always post the the fun the pictures. Happy. Yeah, the one out of one hundred pictures. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think for Michael, his gift is just having the family all together, which I think is wonderful. That's how it should be for everybody. And really, I guess deep down, that's the best part for me too. Yeah, me too. And I'm getting more sentimental as I get older. Mm. But the presents aren't as big of a deal to him. No. We always get him plenty. We don't get him any less than we do our daughter. He's excited that we're talking about Christmas. I can hear him yeah. in the background, yeah. He's like, just keep bringing the organic rice cakes and the organic jelly beans and the organic gummy drops. <laughs> and I think I've always wanted him to enjoy his gifts, yes. like the things we buy, but I've never really seen him get that excited about the well, physical presence. Last year, he was very excited about the Montessori toy. You remember the with all different screws and tools. And then he started this passion of taking beds apart, helping me putting stuff together. He's really into handiwork. What do you think the hardest part for him would be? Well, in the past, it was all the sensory overload. Mm -hmm. We know that, like any noises, like even singing Christmas carols as a family or watching something loud on TV or laughing out loud if the friends were coming over, mm -hmm. it was very overwhelming for him. Or being around other people when we would be going somewhere, restaurants and stuff, it was just too much for him. I would always end up going back in the car or mom would take him out of the restaurant or someone's house so that the rest of the family could enjoy this Christmas time. Yes, whenever we decided to go out, kind of those early years when we would go yeah. out for one night of Christmas, maybe it would be the day after, maybe it would be like a visiting boxing day or visiting or, friends. Mm -hmm. So many times it would be you and mom switching. Taking turns. Mm -hmm. And I would have happily done it, but a lot of times as a pastor I would need to visit people yes. or I would need to see people. And so you were always making those sacrifices behind the scenes. But Michael, I think, not only enjoys family now, but I think he enjoys Christmas. And I think mm -hmm. he enjoys, you know, the, the, the craziness. Oh, yes. And his favorite songs are Christmas carols. You remember he, he keeps singing Silent Night, like in J July, August, he keeps singing Christmas carols. What do you think neurotypical members of a family could do to accommodate autistic individuals in their family at this time of year? What, what's some of the things you think we have incorporated and what may help other families? Well, just trying to help individual on the spectrum. So like our family is trying to embrace, you know, his different characteristics. And like Michael loves Chase. 
So even his little cousin is chasing him when Michael comes and shows him, chase me, you know, little mm -hmm. cousin is chasing him. When Michael is overwhelmed, he's asking for tickles, not necessarily to laugh, to be tickled, but it just relieves some pressure that he feels. So our family is aware of that. Each family member should find something that they could do to help individual uh, with sensory overload, or we can turn off the lights. We can put the music lower. We can put the volume on the TV mm -hmm. lower and stuff like that. And just treat individual on the spectrum like everyone else. Don't treat them differently. In the past, a simple escape to another room. Yeah. Uh, a short drive in the car. Yeah. Even a walk around the yard, around the house, it would alleviate some stress for Michael. And I think it would help other family members also to be aware that maybe they can pitch in. Mm -hmm. They can volunteer to um, take Michael or take their relative for a ride or get them out for a moment so mm -hmm. that even the parents can get a little break. Oh, yes. The respite is, um, is a huge thing. Let's get to the Christmas controversy. Mm. I know there are individuals within the Christian community... And it's, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a growing number, but I say it's a very stable number of people that don't really embrace this time of year or embrace the holiday like we do, for example. Right. And you will hear phrases like, Christmas is pagan. So let me ask you, what are your thoughts on this? Is Christmas pagan? Well, I don't think it's pagan. I mean, even in its name, Christmas, Christmas, and we know from the Greek language, Christiana. Yes, Christiana means literally the, the birth, birth of Christ. The birth of Christ. In That's Polish language, Wesoły Świąt Bożego Narodzenia. Happy holidays celebrating birth of Christ. That's in the name. Now, of course, I don't believe that Christmas is pagan either, but I just wanted to ask you first and kind of why, put you on the spot. Why? Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Why do we celebrate Christmas? Why? It's very simple for me and it's very simple for you. Yes. It's the birth of Christ. That's it. It's but then we have those arguments from the other side of the controversy that we celebrate Christmas, uh, I mean, we celebrate the birth of Christ every single day. We don't have specific day because the December 25th is a pagan holiday and will not participate. Well, we do celebrate Christmas every day, just like Christians celebrate the resurrection of Christ right. every day. But there are moments where the culture, the society, the world stops and notices things, hallmark moments. And Christmas, yeah. the Christmas season has become one of those moments that I believe gives Christians the opportunity to have a platform and to proclaim to a world that's in a mess, a world that's in great trouble, a world that's in great uh, anxiety. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people facing depression that we can say, hey, this is the birth of the one who can fix it all, who did fix it all. So I don't see Christmas as an opportunity to monetize and, and make the system richer and to, I don't embrace the... All the Santa commercial aspect. Yeah. For me, it's about using that platform to proclaim the true reason for the season. And of course, we have scripture, not necessarily to say, there's no scripture that says, hey, you have to celebrate my birth every year. Mm -hmm. However... We do have key passages, very important passages, not just in the Gospels, but also in the book of Hebrews. Right. Where we have, of course, in the Gospels, we have the angels celebrating mm -hmm. the birth of Christ. Yes. We have the shepherds celebrating the birth of Christ. We have the actual family of the Lord Jesus. Yes, Mary uh, and Joseph, of celebrating course. The, celebrating the birth of Christ. Even Knowing before, that he's the yeah, promised Messiah. Before he was even born. Mm-hmm. 
we had his cousin, we, we have John the Baptist in the womb celebrating the coming birth of Christ. Right. And then, of course, in Hebrews chapter 1, you have God himself, the Father, celebrating the birth of his only begotten Son. Mm. And, of course, we recognize that Jesus is not just the Son of God. He is the second person of the Trinity. He's equal with the Father. There's, of course, three persons, one God. We very much believe in the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Well, it's just like us. God created us, body, mind, and soul. Mm Mm-hmm. There's one passage that people who kind of get caught up in the controversy, mm-hmm. there's one passage of scripture that they normally Cling seize. To. Yeah, they yeah. seize on it, and it's Jeremiah 10. Oh boy, here we go. And if you read Jeremiah 10, if you're a student of scripture, let's read it. So this is how Jeremiah 10 reads. Let's start in verse 1. It says, Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. That's the audience, mm-hmm. Israel. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. That means meaningless. Mm. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen, with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers, that it move not. Mm -hmm. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born, because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do good. Right. So what do you think Jeremiah is writing about? Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Clearly, Jeremiah is writing about the old uh, craft of fashioning an idol out of wood and then mm-hmm. overlaying it and then bowing to it and worshiping it and making it into an image. Right. And there's many clues in the passage for that, but I think what happens is people take the one verse about the cutting the tree and the silver and gold and assume he's talking about a Christmas tree, mm-hmm. which I don't want to sound mean, but it's it's so obvious that it's not talking about a Christmas tree. Uh, it's talking about idolatry. And so, you know, I, I'm joking, of course, but one, one solution to not cutting down a tree is just go buy an artificial one if it bothers you that much. <laughs> But no, Jeremiah 10 has nothing to do with a Christmas tree and everything to do with the worship of idols and the kind of crafting of an idol. And of course, you need wood to do that. It says that do not be afraid of them because they cannot do anything good or evil because they're just a statue. Yeah. The other a word Christmas that's, tree is not a statue. Sure. The other word that's missing in the passage in these mm-hmm. verses, you'll often hear people say it's cursed. It's a cursed thing and, and you don't want to bring a curse into your home. But the word curse is not mentioned anywhere in the verses we've read. Mm-hmm. It's not about a curse. It says, in fact, it says that it's just meaningless. Whatever they were doing, this idol worship was, of course, meaningless. Yes. Uh, it didn't do evil or good. It was just useless. I don't know why people still cling to that passage to try to justify their them being against. Objection. Mm-hmm. Now, if that is your custom to not celebrate Christmas and to not have a tree, that's fine. Right. We're not going to attack. We're not going to come after you. We're not going to belittle. Uh, But we would expect the same from the other side Mm -hmm. and just let people be. And I also think we forget, Christians forget, that this season is all about celebrating the age of grace. The fact that we're not under condemnation. We're not under law. We're very much covered and we're free within the grace of God. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that we do whatever we feel like. It doesn't mean that we ignore the commands of we God. We don't have license to sin. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Far from it. Yeah. 
but we do have individual liberty. We do have freedom in Christ. And everyone draws the line at a different place. Right. And I respect people that have certain convictions. I respect Christians who say, this is not something we're going to do. We're not going to have a TV, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're going to dress in a very traditional way, like maybe the Amish would dress. I'm not going to criticize that. If they're doing that... For the to, Lord. Yes. Then I say, more power to you. Yeah. That's between you and God. Mm-hmm. It's just when we try to impose those views on other people where the sin comes in, and I think where the pride comes in. And of course, we know that pride is is very high on the list of things that God hates. Yes. Another thing, when it comes to the consequences... Mm-hmm. When it comes to, hey, let's say we get to heaven and we find out we shouldn't have been celebrating Christmas or we shouldn't have had Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. Let's say we're losing our crowns. I don't think we would lose a crown, but we certainly cannot lose our place in Christ. Right. And if we did it ignorantly, if we did it not knowing better, then God is going to be merciful. But the fact is, our salvation is not dependent on whether we celebrate Christmas or not. It's not dependent on whether we have a Christmas tree or not. Right. It is dependent on putting our trust in the finished work of of Jesus on the cross. That's where our salvation comes from. Mm -hmm. Not our traditions, not our personal convictions or standards. Although I think they're important to have. Right. No, that's well said. Okay, Pastor. In conclusion. So, is Christmas pagan? Not to us. Not to us. And not to true believers in Christ. Right. Because we celebrate the birth of our Savior. We celebrate the beginning of His earthly story and His earthly journey to Calvary. Mm -hmm. What we say, from the cradle to the cross. That's right. And so, are we going to condemn people who don't celebrate Christmas? No, absolutely not. Should they condemn us? No. And so there's room for both sides to just simply get on with life and make it a mission to please God every day with our lives. Mm -hmm. And not to follow the commercial side of Christmas. And I put quote unquote Christmas. And we have missed it, especially here in the United States. And that's not a condemnation of the United States because it's everywhere. But Christmas has gotten away from its true meaning. And that's why I admire, like I've already said earlier, I really admire Polish Christmas. I admire that part of the world who seem to have not lost the joy in the true meaning. The fact that all the songs are about Christmas, the fact mm-hmm. that even the meal is designed around Christ. Yes. We have a lot to learn and from his story. Yes, and that's exactly what it is. It's his story. As believers, we embrace the season. We do enjoy the gifts. We do enjoy the food. My favorite part, food-wise, is probably the pierogi. <laughs> and bigos, hunters too. And I know you work tirelessly, especially the, that last 24 hours, to make it special. And I couldn't imagine Christmas without mm. those traditions. Thank you so much. And let's keep Christ in Christmas. Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.